Welcome to Eavesdrop. Here's your host, Matt Cozy. All right, summer is here, and so is Nathan Sepena on this episode of Eavesdrop. Nathan is one of my great friends. Known him well for about 10 years now. Uh, he is well-versed in baseball. He has a job in baseball right now as a scout for the Cardinals. And he's going to be a new dad pretty soon. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being on. I wanted to ask you about being becoming a dad soon because I really laughed at your text the other day. You said Bridget was about to pop. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, dude. She's uh, about 38 weeks now, and you know what a crazy time to have a kid. But, yeah, man, any, any day now, the little baby's going to be here. What have you learned so far in the lead-up to this? Oh, a lot. I mean, there, there's so many things that I've learned throughout all this, but um, – I mean, just the little things, the preparation, you know, how to, you know, teach myself how to change a diaper, how to, you know, watching videos. It's just, you know, we're just so ready for this journey to begin. That's awesome. And you two are going to be great parents. I do have a question about, you know, our current situation in the world right now. And I know, you know, you, you coming from a bit of a spiritual background and, and Bridget too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Christ. Just in terms of being a new dad and bringing a kid into this world like do you do you guys have any trepidation or like anxiousness over this yeah i mean i think any parents do in any given situation but um given the circumstances you know it's, it's a crazy time that we're in right now um but you know i just think it's so important you know like you said i'm i you know i believe in christ and he's my savior and i just i'm leaning on him and praying that everything just goes smoothly and and we take the uh you know, the correct steps that we, that we need to just to make sure that our, our family has safety, you know, so. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good good thing to live by. Well, I do want to get into a lot of baseball today, kind of nerd out baseball-wise. Can you describe what you do as a scout for the Cardinals, kind of where yeah. you're assigned to and all that? So I'm an area scout for the St. Louis Cardinals. I cover uh, seven states. I have Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Um, Dakotas, Iowa, and Nebraska. And basically my job is uh, primarily to work towards the draft. So I cover amateur players, high school and college players. Um, so yeah, anybody in those seven states that I feel I can play at the next level has potential to play at the next level and hopefully one day becoming a big leaguer. I turn in, do my homework on them, um, you know, and then, you know, come draft time, we see, you know, figure out the signability and then hopefully we can, take a few guys from my area, but you know, after the draft, we kind of turn into like, you know, pro scouts with, you know, still some amateur summer stuff going on, but you know, so I usually have the Chicago Cubs that I cover the white Sox, a couple other minor league teams. Um, and again, just writing up players constantly, um, just for free agency for trades, rule five guys, and then kind of mix it in again with the amateur stuff until fall comes and then kind of repeat itself. <laughs> you know, after the winter, you know, early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have a big playing background too, you know, coming up through the local ranks and then Heartland and then Eastern Illinois, some time as a player in the pirate system. And then now as a scout with the Cardinals, but how did your upbringing and your family, which was very baseball oriented, how did that impact your, your life in baseball? Yeah, so as you know, um, baseball is my family. That's what we do. We're just baseball players. Yeah. 
my dad came over from Cuba when he was very young, 11, 12 years old. Um, came over here to the States, lived in Miami for a little bit, ended up in Chicago and just played ball. He ended up playing at Georgia Southern a little bit with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and so my brothers and I, we just, that was our lifestyle. My dad was a division one coach for 15 plus years. And so we grew up as bat boys and having these players over our house. And it's sort of just, that's, you know, who we are. So we just grew up playing the game. Our goal was, you know, end up playing college and hopefully professionally someday. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, it's funny. I, I always, Bridget and I always talk about it. My wife and I always talk about it. Like if I wasn't scouting, what would I do? And I have no idea. <laughs> I, I wasn't scouting or coaching. Um, so it's just, a, you know, I'm very thankful and blessed that I ended up with a career that is my passion. Um, and, yeah, I'm just I'm thankful for it every single day. I've seen you in action a couple times as a scout, and it's been really cool to see that, just knowing you and your background and even sitting with you side by side as you're, you're taking notes or, or have the radar gun out. And you've, you know, turned to me and said, hey, this is what I should be doing, just kind of like you went into right there. Mm-hmm. Well, how did scouting become somewhat of a dream job? Yeah, so, you know, I wasn't the most talented player, you know, and I, I worked very hard. And but I, I did, you know, pride myself in paying attention to the game, um, the details of the game, the little things, you know, how to, you know, make sure you get it out or, you know, you're working a cup yep. or you know, how to pick up pitches from the pitcher, just those little things. And so when my career ended and I started coaching, you know, I started to apply those things that I had took so much pride in all, all these years with playing. Um, and, you know, I just wanted more and more. And, you know, in 2000 and at the end of 2015, when I saw this, uh, I was a fourth coach with the Cardinals before my scouting job. And what that was, was the hybrid role of coaching and scouting. And I thought that was perfect because I, I did love coaching when I did coach in college, but I, I kind of wanted a little bit more and, and I wanted a, a little bit more of the detail in the game. Um, and so when I took that role in 15 and throughout 16, I just fell in love with the scouting side um, because like I said, like I took pride in paying attention to the little details and um, seeing how things ended up with players and, you know, how players made themselves successful. So that's how it all kind of began. Like I always loved playing the game and then, you know, that love of playing ended up turning into the love of just watching the game. And you had an experience with scout school as well, which I've done some reading on in the past. Can you give a brief summary or you could go into it as much as you want? You know, this isn't, we don't have a time limit here, (laughs) Uh, but about scout school, because that's where a lot of scouts get their start or no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, You know, that's not a, um, a step that you have to take for sure. Uh, it's more so just kind of like a privilege just to kind of put underneath your belt. It's another, you know, door to, to see what the, the game of scouting is like. So, so basically, yeah. in at the uh, end of 2015, uh, when I was applying for jobs, the, um, the pirates who I had played for, um, I had kept in contact with a few of the front office employees and um, they had invited me to scout school. And, and that was in August, September, I believe. And I attended it for a week down in Bradenton, Florida. And um, it was really cool. It was the it was the whole scouting uh, amateur staff of the, of the Pirates, from the director down to area scouts, and they just attended games down there in Florida. And um, there was about three to five of us visitors, and um, or I guess scout school attendees, and they kind of just broke down everything. They broke down the twenty to eighty scale in terms of um, you know grades for for the different tools uh, with the player. 
and um, how to project, what to look for in a body. I mean, everything, you know, in detail. And I, I, I loved it. You know, it was a great experience and um, I'm really thankful for that, you know? And then, like I said, everybody has different journeys and different routes to get to where I am today. It just so helped, you know, that I had that opportunity and I saw that little glimpse of what a scout life was like. And it kind of just made me, you know, want it even more. I'm going a little bit out of order here, but that's okay. What did your experience with the Pirates as a player do for you? Because I know you had a great time in the Dominican, and I'm wondering why that culture is so unique to baseball and why not only you had a good time, but but maybe what sets that um, part of the world in terms of baseball? Yeah, so when I had signed with the Pirates, I had a, a broken handmate bone or kind of recovering from one. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was sent over there just for – couple weeks to close to a month and it was a great experience um opened my eyes and like I said my dad was from Cuba but I've never experienced that culture myself um over there so yeah I mean as you see on everybody sees on tv the Latins are they're very animated and they're passion shows and that's exactly what I experienced over there it was you know goofing around but then again it was just that's their way of playing the passion and you know, they do take it serious, but it's more in a loose way than, than we do here in the States. And yeah, it was just a great experience, man. Um, and then kind of coming back from the Dominican, I, I was down in Florida in extended spring training and another great experience, you know, some of the Latin guys came over with me and, you know, we had that bond, but yeah, I just, you know, the Latin culture in the game is, has almost defined our game, you know, and it's, you know, every, every team in the big leagues has a Latin player and, you see their passion and their love and people love that. Some people hate it, but by some people, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see that love for, for a sport for sure. What is your view on why that segment of baseball players has so much success, at least a lot of success earlier than maybe American born players who go through the showcases and high school tournaments and high school teams and travel teams why are those guys seemingly with less resources better? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, just from my experience and just from what I've seen and what I've heard from my dad and my close friend, it, it's more of a lifestyle than it is just playing a sport. Um, it's you know, a lot of those, you know, people that, that come from those, those islands and those countries, it's their, their ticket is baseball. They need to make it and that's how they're going to provide for their families. Um, but yeah, I mean, just from when, when they're just starting to walk to what you see on TV, I just think that's that's just they've made themselves that way because it's pure it's pure passion. You know, here in the States is a lot of lessons and there's a lot of camps and showcases. And, you know, we get so in detail with, you know, launch angle and mechanics of, you know, a delivery or a swing. And over there, it's just they just go out and do it. You know what feels the best. And. You know, they, they play with such limited resources, like you mentioned, you know, sometimes, you know, just a stick or a, a ball made out of socks or whatever it was. And, you know, and it was a cool thing on, um, I don't know where I saw it. I think it was Twitter, uh, but Mariano Rivera, he, he was, uh, he was talking about his days back, I believe he's from Panama um, and how he came, you know, before he came over to the States, what resources he had. And he was talking about how, you know, from when he was little to when he actually got his first glove, he would create his glove out of a, a, a um, cardboard box and he would cut out like a little rectangle and cut a little hole in it 
kind of slide his hand through and put it behind the cardboard and then kind of, you know, shape it around his hand. And that would be his glove for a couple of weeks until it, you know, broke down or ripped and you'd make it again. And so I just think over there, it's just this the pure passion. It's not the equipment. It's not, like I said, the lessons and all that. It's just, they go out and they just, they play it because that's what they love to do. Back to your current role right now as a, as a scout. Can you describe what, I don't know if this even is an appropriate definition, but typical travel is, for example, if you look at your spring and summer of 2019, you know, how much did you travel for that? Yeah, a lot. So obviously my job is all basically all travel. I, mean, I travel to games and yeah. So from mid February to about mid March, early March, I'm usually down South in Arizona, Texas, Florida, um, because most of my teams in my area, the colleges, they had South to play just cause there's, you know, it's too cold to play up here. So I follow them down there for a couple weeks to a month. And once they come back, you know, mid-March, that's usually when high school starts back up. And again, it's, you know, I'm following these kids all over the place. It could be a random Tuesday high school game in, in Minneapolis. Um, and then on Wednesday, I got to be back in Chicago because there's another kid from Chicago playing. Um, so it's crazy. I mean, I average, I'm guessing around 30,000 miles um, from February until middle end of may um mm-hmm. it's a lot man like i said i have seven states so it's, it's constantly back and forth and you got to be very strategic about you know your schedule looking ahead um and dealing with the weather you know midwest weather is so unpredictable it could be rainy one day snowing one day gorgeous on off days and you get frustrated because it's a beautiful day on an off day um but yeah it's it's crazy man but it's you know it's nothing i would you know i, I, I could never see myself doing anything else so I don't want it to seem like it's a negative thing, but it's, it's a lot of travel. It could, it could wear, weigh on you for sure. And I'm just realizing as you're describing it, really how many states you have. That's almost uh, 20% of the country. <laughs> yeah, it's seven states is a lot. Um, you know, if there, there's some guys in our organization that have, you know, probably just as big of an area, just less states. Um, right. But yeah, it's, uh, you got, you got to stay on top of your area for sure. You, you got to, it's so important to build relationships with coaches of all levels from JUCO, NAIA, D1, D2, D3, high school coaches. Um, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to do this job without help. So I'm very thankful that I've, you know, built those relationships and people that I trust to make sure that I can cover my area the, the way I should. Within the last five to 10 years, especially within even as recently as the last year or two, there's been, I don't, I don't know if I want to describe it as a divide, but, but, clearly a new school wave of baseball and and maybe a little bit of a clash with the old school. And I wanted to ask you about a scout's relevance right now in today's day and age of baseball, either in terms of your opinion or maybe how the Cardinals view it about why a scout is still relevant to being a successful organization. Yeah. So as you know, any baseball person knows nowadays, you know, it's spin rate, launch angle, exit velo, um, all these new things that are driving the game, which is totally fine. But I do think there is importance. Obviously I'm biased because I'm a scout, but there is importance for the scout. Um, Yeah. You know, the most important thing is makeup. Um, You know, makeup can play up talent or or bring it down. Um, How a kid carries himself, you know, how a kid moves. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's so important too. I, I believe in data as well, because that's, you know, it's, it helps the game and it helps define the player too. When you can put scouting in what analytics, you know, is, is doing behind the game as well. So it's, it's so important to have a scout, like I said, because, you know, and there's been times in my area too, where you go see a kid and yeah, he's got talent and he's doing the things you want to see, but you know, off the field, he, you know, has his issues and whether it be with, you know, how he handles himself in terms of, you know, drugs, alcohol, abuse, whatever it is, or the way he, you know, he can't be coachable or, or he, there's so many different situations. Um, but it's so important to have scouts, you know, it's like I said, it's just, it completes the package, especially now with analytics. You know, there's some teams who believe analytics and data are more important than scouts. There's some teams equal and some teams believe, you know, scouting is more important still. Um, so yeah, it's that nice blend. I think we do a phenomenal job with the Cardinals. Um, you know, we yeah. blend the two, and uh, it's so important because I feel like we see both sides of the player. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting time because, you know, you see, you know, as you're going out there and scouting, there are some older older uh, scouts still working, and, you know, they're not used to any of this new era of the game. And, you know, it's you know, I'm, I'm a younger guy, and so this is what I'm kind of used to because, you know, when I accepted this job five, four or five years ago, this is – it was already starting to be implemented. So it's, uh, it's definitely unique. Um, but yeah, the importance of a scout to me, it's obviously very, very important. And then just to clarify, a team like the Cardinals has made a clear investment into the actual scouts. You, Hey, Nathan Sepania has these seven States. And then there's also this staff of people back in the office that, deal with the analytical side, right? So they've made an investment in both sides. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's important. Yeah, we have a team of, you know, 10-plus people in our front office, you know, trying to figure out the analytics and the data and, and all these these numbers, statistical numbers to help us in, in, in our draft and, and in free agents and Rule 5 guys. Um, like I said, it's an equal blend for sure. We're not top-heavy in one or the other. We're very Right, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool, I'm very thankful to be with the, with the Cardinals. It's um, it showed me how important it is to, again, blend the two, not be, you know, one or the other. When I loved your points about makeup. And then, so when you, you know, in terms of makeup on the actual baseball field, you know, you hear stories sometimes about why a player, uh, you know, why interest in a player decreases or why scouts kind of move on from a player during the process leading up to the draft. Have there been moments where, for example, a kid's response on the field to something is such a turnoff that you don't really follow up anymore, or maybe you even leave the field? Yeah, for sure. You know, there's been situations for sure that I've seen um, instances that I've seen, you know, it's important too, because like I said, you know, there's talented players all across the country something has to separate those players and you know it's makeup how the, how the, the the player handles success how he handles failure how he handles you know you know when there's tons of people in the stands how he handles you know school and you know, my life with baseball um is he coachable there's so many things how he carries himself how he warms up how he how he walks how he walks around um there's so many different things that to define a player but yes, it is makeup is one of the most important things, um, in my opinion. And I, I believe a lot of scouts will say that. Um, but yes, there's been instances where I've gone out and I've seen a player multiple times, or you hear you talk to the coach and 
you ask the coach, hey, you know, can you talk about this player a little bit more? And, you know, you just kind of, you know, check him out, you know, read his uh, read his mind a little bit, you know, see how he's talking about the player. If he doesn't, you know, if, if he doesn't talk about him very highly or if he brings out the negative stuff first, that says a lot about the player and the kind of vibe he gives out to others. So, yeah, it's uh, makeup is very, very important. And I believe that's one of the most important, I guess, jobs, things that I have to accomplish with these players in, in my area. I'm not sure how much inside information you have, and if you do have it, you don't need to to share it. But in terms of what's going on with baseball right now, there's two big developments in terms of players that have a dream, have a goal of of being drafted or, or playing professionally, at least in the minor leagues, and then you know potentially the major leagues. The MLB draft is going from 40 rounds to five rounds this year possibly from 40 to 20 in 2021. And then you see minor league affiliates being cut potentially. Those are two major changes in my mind. And and I guess on the surface, it seems like there's going to be fewer opportunities for players. You know, how are we going to see baseball in the next couple of years deal with this or adjust to it? Because it's going to look different. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I mean, obviously, I've never been through this, so I don't know what to expect. But yeah, yeah, and and I've I probably know just as much as the you know the the common person just watching. I figured, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that is you know certain that we're only having five rounds this year, um, and there's going to be some free agent signs after the draft. And next year, it looks like there's going to be 20 rounds. And as we're all hearing, yeah, there's going to be less minor league teams as well. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to the less minor league teams just because. You know, there's uh, there, there's a lot of teams, you know, and, and you know, the, the more teams, the harder it is to, to, you know, slip through the cracks and, you know, make it to the big league someday. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, minor league system is meant to be, you know, for that player to, to prep, you know, and be, and allow him to, you know, mature um, and become a better ball player so that he can be a big leaguer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, who knows what's going to happen. I haven't given it much thought. I'm just more so concentrated on this year's draft. Um, but it is an interesting time for sure to see, you know, how baseball is is changing right in front of us in our generation. Do you think that baseball will return this summer? My gut feel says yes. Um, again, I just, you know, I've been reading Twitter just like everybody else and watching TV. Um, you know, it sounds like, you know, you hope to – the uh, you know the commissioner and and the players do settle on something and there there is a season. My gut says yeah, there's going to be a season starting in July. Um, you know, so I've read some stuff as early as July 4th, but right. like, who knows? I think it, it is good for the game um, to start up the summer just to give people, I guess, some some hope um, and something to look forward to. But again, you got to take the right precautions and make sure that there is safety and. Um, you know, these families of these players, you know, are, are still comfortable with allowing their husbands and significant others go out and, and do their jobs. I'm going to get you out of here on this then. I have, you know, an image in my head of a, of a conference room. I'm asking about the draft now, which mm-hmm. when this gets published will only be about a week away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're all sitting in a big room and you could get into what that's looked like in the past. But what's the plan, at least for the Cardinals, for this year's draft? Yeah, so, yeah, that's the plan right now. We're all going to be on Zoom. 
Um, you know, I've been very fortunate with the Cardinals. We it's like a tradition of ours. All the area scouts go to the draft in St. or go to Bush Stadium to be a part of the. Draft. Um, it's a phenomenal experience. I mean, there's 40, 50 people in the room. Um, when we select a player, the whole room gets quiet. We announce the player we select. Um, once we get confirmation that that player is selected, and you know, the whole room just starts clapping and starts uh, chanting. It's, it's a pretty cool experience. You know, you get a goosebumps for sure, knowing that we're making our organization better. And, uh, you know, whoever scout that was that covered that player feels as if he, you know, is, is helping out the organization and he's doing his job. And um, it's a great experience. But, yeah, for this year, it's a little bit different. We're just all going to be on a Zoom call. We're all going to be spread out across the country. Um, you know, hopefully we can still have that same culture that we that we usually do in a normal year. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation, a little behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in baseball and specifically your job and congratulations on, on being a new dad. And, and thanks again for, for being on the podcast. Awesome. Of course, Matt, thank you so much. I appreciate it.